0: welcome to this podcast by global church we are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere one to everyone if you want to find out more information check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk what i find in life is that we are theorists every one of us we are theorists until reality hits when reality hits That's when your true belief system comes out. And you know when it's really important, it's like, well, why don't you take it to church and pray? It's like, no, no, I'm not going to church. I haven't got time to go to church. I've got to to sort this. This This is real. And that's how so many people treat church believers. Believers that have been believers for 20 odd years. I don't really mind how many years you think you've been a Christian. Because so many people have been Christian for 10 minutes, and they've repeated that 10 minutes a gazillion times. But they have not moved on. They've not matured. They don't know how to appropriate God's Word into their life. So they remain immature. When troubles come, they're just as troubled as anybody else. There is absolutely no difference in their response to somebody who doesn't know God, and is not interested in God. And it's because their relationship with God, their Christianity is skin deep. And, uh, and we have it, it's massive in global, it's absolutely massive, and we're kidding ourselves if we don't think it's true. And, and it says in the Bible, test yourself to see if you're still in the faith. And I want this year to be a wake-up year that says, are you still in the faith? What's the difference between you and a non-Christian when trouble comes? What's the difference between you and a non-Christian when good things happen to you? Do you ever thank God? Take time to thank God. So I'm not being religious, it's not religious. That's just gratitude. You're expressing, expressing gratitude to your God. God's alive. And I, I know that you all know that, right? But he, I want to say today, God's alive. And because of that, our lives change. Yeah. Our lives can change. Your tomorrow can be different. But so often our tomorrow is not different. We are the same, miserable. Well, it's my personality. Yeah, but God changes your personality. Transforms your personality. The essential use there, but He, he polishes it up. And I know you can't polish a turd, we know that, right? But I don't reduce you or me to a turd. Oh, I want to run through 14 things. I only got through two last week. Um, but it was a massive introduction, impressive introduction. If it were a launching pad, I'd launch a million dreams, I'm telling you. But this is, this is not, I, I want you to understand, I'm, I'm trying to be honest with you, to get you to be honest with you. That's what I'm trying to do. And our, our Christianity is skin deep. And it needs to go deeper. And, and I don't mean like the deep joy boys, the joy so deep you never see it. You know, they're serious all the time. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a practical reality that, you know, Psalm 112, when trouble comes, they are not shaken. Now, it is the Simon before it gets to the Peter. Uh, uh, let me put it another way. That was a religious uh, phrase there. It is the natural man before it, 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 the supernatural gets hold of it. But so when trouble comes, you know, we all feel that gut instinct of, oh no, that, that's natural. But we don't stay there. We very quickly bring on the spiritual man that says, but we can do all things through Christ. Or, I am more than a conqueror in Christ. This thing is not going to take me out. No weapon formed against me will prosper. And whatever is coming against you this year, I want you to know it's a second cause. It might be a person, it might be a, uh, your, your place of work, you might get made redundant or whatever. Behind, it's What's behind it is the first cause. Yeah. And so when the enemy moves upon you, he doesn't move like a little Man United fan We are toasting for it, going, I'm going to get you. Because <laughs> we've noticed that and we go, that's the devil. <laughs> he doesn't, he masquerades. Yeah. And he hides, he's in the shadows and stuff. But he knows what he's doing and what comes against you is there to attack you and so the first cause is something that's evil and so we've got to look at that we live in a fallen world we live in a world that's over, that's ruled over by an evil king so that's what the bible tells us and and god when he sent his son he broke that evil king's power on this world and then he exposed him for what he was and he gave that wisdom to the church and he said now you know how to fight him And and right through Scripture, it tells us how to overcome the enemy, the evil one. And how to rescue others that are still under the power of the enemy. His power has been broken on this world, but only on the people who have come to the source of that power that broke his power. It's only on believers. The moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, Satan's power on your life is broken. So often addictions are broken when somebody just becomes a Christian. The sexuality changes when they become a believer. You know, they might be gay. They might be uh, bi. They might be somewhere in the middle. They might be uh, uh, promiscuous. They might might be continually monogamous. They might all them, and the A, B, C, the D and E, the F and G, (laughs) and the H and I, and everything like that. When when Satan's power is broken, people are released from those ways of those lifestyles. And then we start to look at God's word. How should I live, Lord? And you start to see what pleases God. <clears throat> and the difference now is, instead of rebelling, we have a heart that says, I want to do your will. Not because there's a church leader pointing his finger at me, but I've been changed. I'm a new person in Christ. It's a beautiful thing. It happens with finances. You know, when you're, you, you, you're, you're keeping all the stuff because you haven't got a lot, so you keep all. And then when God supernaturally touches your heart, you, you think, why am I, why am I so free? I need to, why am I giving? I should be getting all of that. You know, I, I, I put a 20 in and i only meant to put a 5 in. It breaks your heart for three months. You don't get over it. You fall into a deep depression. <laughs> Starts to lift. Why? Because the, the spiritual man. That's what I'm trying to say. We need to go more than skin deep. Skin deep, oh yeah, I believe. And you, you rock up to church. We all know how it all rolls in church. Because it's a system. It's just a system that makes, it, makes everything work for us. We have a few songs. We sing, raise our hands, dance, shake it, shake the booty of it. Listen to the talk. That were awesome. That was not so awesome. I prefer Dave to any other preacher. All that kind of stuff. And I know it's silliness, but there's truth in everything. Grain of truth. So you go through all that. You see, we get to know that's not Christianity. This is a service. It's not Christianity. It's a service. But hopefully it's a service that will, like a car, service you. You get service... When you come to church, it's like you get refocused and you're like, oh, I'm back on again. I need a bit more oil, need a bit more juice, need a bit more, need cleaning up. Yeah? yeah. yeah. Flipping out. Metaphor is just dripping. <laughs> this is a masterclass in conversation with a church. See, I'm not preaching, I'm just having a conversation with you, but don't say anything. <laughs> You'll spoil it. Okay, can we get on with some serious stuff now? For goodness sake. So. Acts, the book of Acts, when you read it, don't just read it like this happened, this happened. Because there's a lot of miracles and God's moving uh, by the Holy Spirit in, in power uh, in so many ways. And I got so disillusioned as a new Christian because I looked at the book of Acts and I thought, that's what church should be like. And I was half right. Because that was the early church. But what I didn't realize, it was over a span of about 30 years. And so I wanted everything... It, within 30 years, happening within a week of my own Baptist church that I used to go to. And they couldn't spell Holy Spirit in that church. They couldn't. So, you know, we've got to have a bit of, uh, of uh, what's it, perspective when you read it. But let me, let me read you some things. Um, they devoted themselves, Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves. That's the key to a thriving church. They devoted themselves. So when God called me to plant a church, I thought, you've got the wrong person. I am not going chasing people. I I wouldn't wait 10 minutes for myself. Never mind somebody else in a car if I were picking them up. I wouldn't. So it's like, I'm the wrong person. And then when I read these three words, I was absolutely blown away. They devoted themselves. And so it's like, don't wait for it. Are you coming to dinner? Oh, I don't know. I've got an ingrowing toenail. Listen. You, it's about your relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, no, no, it's, it's, they want me to go. And they only want me to go because I'm a good cook. Like, no, it's about your relationship to Jesus. Yeah. That's the anvil that Jesus looks to see if you're committed. To Him. To Him. And when we, when, when we have services like this, this is so that we bring, we bring us together, which is good. A, it, it, it glues us together. But there's worship, corporate worship that goes up to Jesus Christ, the King. And he's worth it. And every day I want to sing, Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. He's the king. He is the king. Anthony Joshua, he's not the king. Muhammad Ali, he's not the king. George Best, he's not the king. I've lost loads of you here. Elvis Presley. Anyway, he's not the king. When Jesus returns, he'll have a white suit on, sideburns, and a quiff, singing glory, glory, hallelujah. We'll say, it's help. no, it's not Al. it's Jesus. He's the King of Kings. Yeah. And for us to try and drag out of you commitment to Him, that's the wrong way around. It comes yeah. from the heart. Yeah. And, you know, in global, I'm hoping that we have 40%, at least 40% of us that are not believers but love the community and want to be around us, yeah? Now, they, they'll not go to heaven and they'll spend eternity in hell. We know that. And I'm not joking. I'm not laughing. This is not a, a funny point. And it's sad, but do you know what? Let's do good while we're here on earth. And if people want to be around us, I'd love that yeah. because I care for people. I want, I want, God's principles will give you success in life. Yeah. The, per, the principles of Jesus will give you success in life, but it's the person of Jesus that will give you eternal life. Yeah, the, there's a difference. But you see, let people have the principles of Jesus because maybe it will lead them to the person that's behind the principles. And they'll find something more than stuff for this world. They'll find stuff for the next world as well. I'm not getting very far in my talk. They devoted themselves. And now I sound like one of them Bible teachers who knows so much and can talk forever on one word. Somebody spoke, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones spoke for six months on the phrase, in the beginning, God. Six months on that. So I spent 12 months on, not in, but to show that I knew some stuff, because the word is important. It's the inflection you give it. I'll not bore you with the detail. It took me 12 months to get through that. There was a lot about Elvis in those talks, as I remember. So Acts chapter 2. If you're new to global and you think these are in-jokes, they're not. I'm just tired. I'm just... Acts chapter 2, they devoted themselves, nudge the person outside of him saying, he's speaking to you, okay, nudge him again and say, not Dave, but God, oh there we go, now you feel powerful, they devoted themselves, this is a snapshot of the early church, this is the key to their success, and we've got to grab all of this, if we want to grow, if you just want a cozy club, you don't have to bother you just turn up and it's Cosy Club. But it's not church. Right, yeah. We can put as many crosses up, we can sing as many songs as we want, but that's not church. Yeah. That's, that's just something, and to me it's yucky, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone, say everyone. everyone. Not just the keenies, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All. Everyone said all. all. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions. That means they were a rich church. Oh, no, oh it's gone quiet again. <laughs> so they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And we have to be careful with that. I've seen that abused in church. Um, and so just, just got to be careful. You, you, um, you know, go to the apostles teaching before you start giving stuff away because then the apostles can teach you. Let's put leaders there. They, they can give you what our view would be in church about sharing your stuff. And I don't mean a cup of tea. You don't come to us for that and a few biscuits. But, you know, if you're going to sell your house to pay off somebody's debts, I've just said, think again. Um, and if you're selling it cheap, come and talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it them. I think I'm poor. I feel poor. <laughs> <laughs> so we need wisdom. We need wisdom there. So, so, so there's a lot more behind these words. But I'm anyway. Let me just read on. This whole property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together. Gosh, every day, they continued to meet together. Who's too busy to meet together every day? Anybody? Yeah, you're all waiting for me. That's why I put my hand up. I'm giving you permission because a lot of you are saying, I'm way too busy. No, I think I'm all right. I think I could do that for a week. No, we're all too busy. Do you think they were any less busy in the early church? I don't think they were. So how did they meet together every day? Natural relationships. Living in each other's pockets. That's a wrong phrase, but you know what I'm saying? having everything in common, you know, it, it, just, just being around each other. That's, it's called community. That's what, we're, that's what we're, we're always trying to build wherever we go. We're building community, not services, not events, but community where people live together, share the food together. Where did we get it? We got it from the book of Acts, but we lived it for years. And we still do, me and Shelley, And, you know, we used to come on because we didn't have enough food. And it's not because we couldn't have got jobs. Shelley had a good job. And, and, but I wasn't paid a wage, a proper wage. And so I was working for a, an evangelistic trust. So we didn't have stuff. But the way God provided for us was incredible. I once was I once sharing some of these ways, and I got up and started talking about faith, and asked me to share his testimony, how he became a Christian. He hates public speaking. Well, he did in them days. Anyway, no, no, no. Anyway, he got up and he says, uh, I love listening to Dave's stories of how God provides so I just want to, I want to let everybody know that I live next door to Dave, and usually the way that God provides is through me. <laughs> we never asked him to share again. But it was true. You know, we had, and think my mother-in-law used to work at Marks and Spencers. She would get, you know, a chicken for 10 pence. So she'd get half a dozen chickens we'd fill out with freezers and stuff like that. The way God provided was Amazing. But you see, we were a community. When we needed a babysitter, Shelly's mum was just around the corner. Or Neil, or, or, or his wife was next door. Or we would babysit for them. I would take kids to nursery in the morning. And, you know, we'd, we'd, be, we'd take turns. And so, that was community. That's when you can meet together every day. Yeah? That's why we want to be a big church, a mega church, Definitely. But, but we need the large and the small. In the mega church, you feel the awesomeness of God's presence when you're worshipping and coming around God's Word. We don't go into detail there. Where we work out the detail is in small groups. Because in the big, you can get lost and still feel lonely. But in the small, you're connected. And people know your name. They can celebrate your wins. They can grieve with you when life's tough. Yeah? And so, that's the picture of the early church. That's what we want to reproduce in people's lives. And it sounds good on paper, who's ever had somebody knock on your door when you don't want them to knock on your door? Who's ever had somebody call you when you're making love? <laughs> just a bit loose this morning when I think about it, just a bit loose. But it's, it's true, because people don't know that you're making love in the afternoon.
1: <laughs>
0: because you only had half a morning. And you didn't quite... Anyway, I'm just saying...
1: <laughs>
0: Who's ever had somebody knock on the door when you're on the loo?
1: Okay.
0: I don't mean a short one.
1: <laughs>
0: Who's ever brought wind accidentally in front of your friend? You think I'm being rough. I'm not being rough this morning. I'm letting you know what happens in community. See, it's good in a community... You've got, to get, you've got to get your head around that kind of stuff. In church, we are, so, we are nicer than God's supply. So and I know it's not real. I know it's not real. You blaggers, I know it's not real. So we've got to get through the veneer and we've got to become real. And I don't mean, don't. please don't go and quote me out of context. Well, I'm coming in. I'm coming into your living room to fight. <laughs> no, you're not. You dog. Get out. And take your kids with you. Just <laughs> I need to lie down. <laughs> you know, sometimes you can get the word in all right, but miss the heart. But this morning you're getting the heart. I'm, I won't get through my 14 points that I do know. But the heart of global, can you see where it's going? This is where I want to take it. Because where it's going is beautiful. It's not intimidating. It's beautiful. And it's releasing. (laughs) So So anyway, where the heck am I? Acts chapter 2, it's fantastic. Every day they continued to meet together. In the temple courts, let the wind blow free. In the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. That's important. Enjoying the favor of all the people. The non-Christians like them. You see, there's a group of Christians that are very harsh with their theology. And it's like, well, if you're speaking the truth, people will hate you. And I bought into that for a while as a, new, as a new Christian and certainly as a preacher. I was known as the preacher who, who's preached everywhere once. <laughs> Never get invited back. Why? Because you're severe and it's like, oh, flipping out, that man is intense. And then the more you read, and read in between the lines even of what was going on in the book of Acts, when they enjoyed the favor of all the people, that means that when we're building a community, although people may not believe, they appreciate what we're doing because they say, it's good. But I just don't believe in God. And that's why we're saying, well, you can belong before you believe. Well, I'm never going to believe. Well, you can still belong because we're, we're an inclusive bunch. We want to do good to all men. And so that's, that's the kind of heart that, uh, you know, of the communities that I'm wanting to put out there. But when we do that, we will, in, we will enjoy God's favor. And God's favor follows you. It's just an amazing... So you'll know that you're, that you're hitting the mark is when people around you like you. Yeah. Not that they think, oh, the, you're the weird one. But if you talk weird, they'll call you weird. And we just want to have one life and one language. Yeah. You know, the language of, of, of this church is normality. Just, just speaking an everyday language. You know, the New Testament wasn't written in fancy Greek, in the, in the high-class Greek. It was written in, written in the lower-class Greek, what they call Koine Greek, so that everyday people could understand it. Global, it's got small letters in the, uh, you know, within the circles. Small letters, why? Because we're easy accessible. There's nothing capital about us. Except our bank accounts. There's nothing. We're personable. All right. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That's just a beautiful thing. And you can when you've got it. And you can when there's enough of you. But we're going for influencers because there's not enough of us. So we have to make a decided decision to say let's go for the ones who have already got influence. For me to get that same, or for you to get that same influence will take us years. They've already got it. So, if we win them to Christ, they're going to have an influence on a lot of people, yeah? Does it make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I- So, what about the poor? Well, the poor we'll always have with us. But you can only help the poor if you've got something to help the poor with. Yeah? yeah? yeah. So, we do our best, but ultimately, we've got to go and, and, and get some people that have got something. You know... It's not always money that poor people need. They need time. They need counselling. They need listening to. They need, they need uh, wisdom. They need all sorts of stuff. And so we don't despise the poor. That would be an absolute affront to Jesus Christ. But he didn't focus on the poor. And neither will we. He focused on the influences. In fact, he grew his own influences. And that's what we're doing. As well as trying to reach influences. We're reaching the next generation. We're training them to be influencers. And that's what Jesus did. Spent most of his time with his disciples who didn't get it, who were only skin deep, who knew the language and knew how to walk like Jesus and talk like him but couldn't do what he did. And, so, and the, the characters were nowhere near what Jesus was looking for. But with patience, he made disciples. And he didn't finish in the three years that he got here that he had with them. He didn't finish. They weren't ready. He said, there's teaching. This is in John's gospel. He said, there's some things I need to teach you. But he said, but you're not ready for it yet. What a restrained teacher. If it had been me, I'd have said, "Uh, uh, here it is, and here's another book, and I'm just going to the cross. What you need is, uh, get all that, get your library out. A front cross had me saying, "Uh, P.S. You know what I mean? But Jesus said, Jesus knew he was going to the Father. Now he was going to speak from heaven. Through his vicar, he only has one vicar as God, and that's the Holy Spirit. Somebody who works vicariously on his behalf. So, he's going to send his messages through the Holy Spirit to his disciples. What he wanted to teach them on earth that they weren't ready to receive, he was going to now teach them from heaven. But not just them. He was going to teach us as well. That is why it is vital. It's not just important, it is vital that every believer is filled with the Holy Spirit because if you're not you don't receive from him when you read the bible it's just what bible says that and you like can thump anybody with it you can well that's right and that's wrong and there's no pulse in what you're saying there's no heartbeat but when he speaks from his holy spirit deep into your spirit and gives you a revelation of his word gives you an understanding of a truth and you're like wow this is amazing and he starts to lead and to guide you. John says it in his letter. He says, you don't really need a teacher. He says, you've got the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that teaches you. Who'd like to be taught direct from Jesus from heaven? Anybody? Yeah. You'll be saying, is that, is that a reality? Could I actually have that? I would say many of you have had it. Who's ever received peace from heaven? Yeah. And you shouldn't have had it, but you've been absolutely tormented. And then all of a sudden you've got peace. And that's Jesus communicating to you from heaven. It's vital that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. The early church were filled with the Holy Spirit and He did His work through them. So, let's put a pulse into what we do. Don't just put up with stuff. And I don't mean, you know, coming out and be angry back at things. But let's share our thoughts and let's, let, let's see the Holy Spirit moving in power. In these meetings, in the meetings... Uh, you know, in, in the uh, dinner parties, but in everyday connecting with each other that was supernaturally natural and naturally supernatural. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.